0: and welcome back everyone. After a nice little winter break, we are officially in the polar vortex zone. I'm Jess Geyer. This is RPG R&D and I'm here as always with my co-host Craig Campbell. Hello, Craig.
1: Hi, Jess. I'm down south, so I am not in the polar vortex zone. Um, but uh, I feel for all of you because I have lived in the Midwest of the United States and dealt with those wickedly cold um, bursts that come through there. So, But you're cozy, right? Everything's I- good?
0: everything's good i mean living in chicago it rained last night it was climate change <laughs> is fun but <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo.
1: um but i'm i'm a uh the owner of Nerdburger games um i make games uh rpgs uh, jess is also one of those people with yeah. wannabe games <laughs> you threw everything off with the intro this morning
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's we're trying, trying something new i'm trying to get out of a rut today it's
1: it's the new year um and our guest today is derek hello derek welcome back
2: Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. And um, just to sidetrack us right away, speaking <laughs> of winter, in my master's program, there was a Swedish woman and she said the winters in Georgia were worse than Sweden. I said, how can that be? She was like, it's just raw down here. So no. I, don't know, I, have, I don't know. I don't know about the polar vortex. We're, we, we're, we're living it pretty rustic down here with our 40 degree winter weather. <laughs> but when it does get cold in the south
1: and when there is ice and snow, the whole place shuts down. That's the killer.
0: Whereas well, yeah, the, guys the Northeast prepared. and the
1: Midwest, yeah, we're not prepared for it. There's like three salt trucks in the entire Atlanta area. Um, so you're screwed.
0: Yeah. We can get a little precious up here. Like, oh, Texas shut down because there's a half inch of snow movement. Like, obviously, they don't have any way to clear it. No one knows how to drive. Like, come on. We'll give them a little yeah. grace. Give them a little Be grace. Nice. Just like we suffer when it's above 90 degrees. <laughs> Actually, it's above oh, 90 yeah. degrees often now. But... <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. we we were in uh, Canada one time back when I used to travel, and it was Montreal in the summer, and the last day, the guy's like, oh, nice hot day today, eh? It was 85 degrees. We're like, oh, you quaint Canadians. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys are too cute. (laughs) Derek, who are you? Uh, My (laughs) name is Derek A. Kamal. I am the owner-operator of Shoreless Guys Publishing. I produce uh, novels and tabletop games as well and i am also a um oh man see i was I was going we we're talking about coffee earlier i was trying to say something clever and it just it got right there to the frontal cortex and then it decided to take a 180 and go away so i sure this guy's publishing nothing funny <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, they, they don't produce anything funny no
0: <laughs> funny things uh i um am excited to talk about today's topic because I, it's a new year yeah. you know a lot of people i feel like are probably feeling this um and we're we're talking about getting out of a rut uh today and you know we've we've talked about this topic a couple times before like similar ideas like what do you do when you're like how to avoid burnout or how to you know, like refill your, your creative energies and things like that. But I think getting out of a rut is a slightly different take um, on, on this idea than what we've covered before. Would you agree, Craig?
1: I would say so. Yeah. Like we, when we talk about burnout, that's usually because you've got so much going on that you just, you know, like you feel like you can't handle it all. Rut is kind of the other side of that. It's like where you've got like well, you might have stuff that you need to do, but you're having a hard time getting to it, or you might not have anything that's just inspiring you or getting you going and there might be something that you know you might not be working on something and you're having a hard time getting started, or picking up a, a thing to work on or just getting far enough down the road that the ball starts to roll or there's a lot of different ways that you can get stuck in a rut. And I think we can look at this kind of broadly from uh, from a GMing perspective, um, from a gaming in general perspective. Um, because you know anything that affects the gm in in this you know kind of in this kind of way is getting stuck in a rut it's probably you know kind of affecting the players as well and and then you know as a a game designer and kind of just as a person too because a lot of what we're going to talk about here i think is probably in some way applicable to just getting out of any sort of rut that you're in
0: yeah so derek you chose this topic i'm curious about why why you chose this topic and what your interest is in it or experience.
2: I'm in a rut. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that, it's <laughs> that Derek's simple in a no, rut right now. Very, so we're going to solve everything. Yeah.
1: We're going to fix Derek
2: today. Yes, please fix me, <laughs> fix my entire life.
0: Well, <laughs> well, tell us about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, so I was very excited when Craig reached out to me to be on the show and I was like, shoot. I, I mean, I've, I've had some releases, I think, since I was last on the show. So I have something to talk about, but I'm like, I'm not doing anything right now. Uh, so maybe, and I said, "Well, maybe we could talk about that. So, uh, back in, over the summer, I released my latest fantasy novel, which is called the green crow in, and we did a cool, um, free audio book. Cause the first time I'd ever commissioned a voice actor, but it worked out really nicely. So we released a free audiobook. It's on YouTube. It's released as a podcast on your favorite podcast thing. Um, but after that, like we did one. I don't think I did any conventions this year. And I did one, um, uh, I guess you say we call it a book signing. I didn't sign any books, book signing here locally. And uh, after that, I was like, well, that's that. And just since yeah. then, I haven't, I've got, you know, if I go on Google drives, I've probably got, you know, 10 games that are in various stages of development, um, either just ideas things that actually have mechanics and are ready to play test. But I just kind of, you know, nothing's zinging me these days. Nothing really uh, is pushing me to, I don't feel that drive to get up and finish the game and get a Kickstarter or whatever uh, as I have more regularly. Like I think in the past it was very organic. I'd be like, I would get excited about a, a thematic idea, like a story, or I would get excited about a particular it could be the game mechanics, the story of the game. It could be the art. I was just excited to make a game just to get Claudia or whoever to draw some pictures for me. Uh, and it just sort of happened. Whereas uh, the last six months or so, that just hasn't been an option. Like it just hasn't uh, hasn't come fluidly. And so I think that's kind of where I am now. What I'm trying different things to try to get out of is just recognizing that it's not always going to come naturally. And trying to figure out how to push myself while still being kind to myself. Um, it's that's a bit of a challenge. That's where I am right now.
0: Yeah, I think we've all been there for sure. But it's so funny like, oh, I did all this stuff in the past year, but I feel like I didn't do anything. That's what I heard, uh, from you. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> for me, like, I'm, I'm listening to like, oh, that sounds so cool. You did a book saying, like, that's amazing. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with our own personal perspectives on what we're doing. Yes. And 100%. And one of the things that, and I, I know we're not like jumping into the into the jamming side of things at this moment, but like talking, talking about it, talking about your rut and what you are doing, sometimes literally just like bouncing ideas or even just talking and ranting to somebody can do so much for you. Um,
2: Absolutely, yeah. And that's kind of one of the, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, go ahead. no, 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 no. <laughs> One of the things I kind of have on my list of, you know, potential exits and things to discuss with you guys was not just talking to people, but also looking back on other stories of creatives that you admire. Because like you said, it is very much in perspective. Like I was chatting to a coworker and they're like, oh, what are you working? I was like, oh, nothing really. And they're like, oh, well, I was talking to so-and-so. And they said, you released books and you recorded music. I'm like, yeah, that was six <laughs> months ago. My ennui, you know, what am I doing with my life? Um, So it is kind of ridiculous, but also looking back on uh, authors or designers or musicians who you really admire, like they maybe produced one really good book Uh, or like David Milch is a TV writer who I really admire. And he was famous for NYPD Blue and Deadwood and like that's it. And those are two amazing shows. And I would love to produce anything of that quality, but it's not like this dude was cranking out a new TV show every year or something. Uh, so the creative process and journey is is different for everybody. So besides talking to flesh and blood people that you have in your life, looking back on those stories um, are very encouraging as well. You know, some people, you know, didn't hit it or become recognized until after they died. So, you know, there for me anyway, there can be a little bit of comfort know, knowing that, um no one may never play a game i made or read a book i wrote until i'm gone and that's okay
0: shout out emily dickinson
1: (laughs) 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 i think uh that in a roundabout way you're getting to a point that i was thinking about when we were coming into this episode which is is coming to terms with the idea that it's okay to be in a rut or it's okay to have been in a rut for a while. Like don't drag yourself down on it and get really upset with yourself because that can't help. Yeah.
2: Um, Or there is acceptance.
1: Yeah. For, for, for somebody, if you need, if you, if you know you and everybody knows themselves best, if you know you, and you know that you kind of got to drag on yourself a little bit to get yourself motivated to get out of it, then that's a different story. But I mean, in general, I think we don't have to punish ourselves um, over being in one I went through I've, I've had my little experience with a rut here actually kind of recently where I've been getting um, capers cyberpunk together and so most of what I'm doing the creative work is mostly done I've had little bits and pieces of things to do but it's mostly assembling things it's like getting writers and getting their stuff in and reading it and Little development, getting things edited, you know, sending stuff to editors and getting illustrations and getting that in and doing some stuff. So I haven't been designing like a game. I've been tacking little things onto cyberpunk, um and then mostly you've been, you've been the project logistical. Manager. I've been the project yeah. manager exactly. I've been the the developer of the project. um, and I got, you know a month or two into kind of being in that mode, and I was kind of like, well, I haven't like, you know, like typed anything into a document as far as like a game idea in a while. And I, um, I felt a little bad about that. And I kept wanting to get to something and I eventually, you know, like a month, another, another month passed. And I kind of was like, okay, you know what? I'm, I know I'm loaded up with all this, with, with getting this Kickstarter. This is the biggest Kickstarter I've dealt with. It's the most complex one. I've got It's multiple products all at once. Um, you know, just be okay with the fact that, okay, I'm not going to get to design anything right, right now. Um, And I, and I wasn't inspired to, that was the thing. My head was so much in this other stuff. Now that has started to pick up for me um, because I, I, I thought a little bit about like, what would it take to kind of make me feel like I was doing something again? And again, we're like, we're getting to like, how, how it all makes you feel and how, what your perception of yourself is, which was to be like, well, zine quest is coming up. I could try to put together a little something for that um and this was back like in november i was thinking about that and that that's going to be in february and i started toying with an idea and tinkering around with some things and then it was the holidays so it was hard to find people to play test and and kind of bounce ideas off of and things so that all kind of just went along and it, i've got this thing that you know is like cool and i think can be a fun little game but i don't think i'm going to get it ready or get it to the point where i want it to be in time for zine quest so you know it's going to get pushed down the road but it made me feel like, okay, now I've, I've kind of got the ball rolling a little bit. So maybe one of the things to help get out of a rut, uh, especially if you're the type of person who deals with larger projects, things that are going to take a lot a lot of time, is to do like a little thing. Just get a little thing out of the way. That's one of the things that I hear people with executive, disfunc- uh, executive dysfunction, is that right? Yeah. Um, talk about where they just can't get themselves going to get like chores and things done around the house. They can't. It's like, but if you get up and you like do a little thing. Just something that's going to take a minute or two and then do another little thing. Sometime you start to feel like you've actually accomplished something and you start to get confidence in yourself and you start to think, well, okay, I can keep on top of this. I can kind of focus myself and get where I need to go. And there's other things that play into executive dysfunction. I'm not saying that's a cure, but it's something that I know has <laughs> you helped. You figured some it people. out. <laughs> I figured it out. My second major in psychology finally paid off.
2: Finally, um, <laughs> yeah, that's called that's called the wall of awful, and it, everybody gets it. But yeah, you're right. People experiencing executive dysfunction get it way worse. Um, but yeah, I like what you're saying about how just that one Zinequest thing was was enough to to kind of get the proverbial ball rolling. That's good. And I came to terms with the idea like this thing could sit till next year's
1: Zinequest, or I could also kickstart it not in Quest. I could put it up there for people um at some other time there's a, that's okay so you know like and that's a small okay. yeah it's, it's a okay. small project and i'll get to it when i get to it but then that sparked me into thinking about some other stuff and that's now rolled into a little bigger thing that finally is doing some play testing that had been very close on the cusp like before the whole cyberpunk thing blew up in my face um in the best way possible and um and then like this other like long range plan of something that I've been talking about with people on my discord and Facebook a mm-hmm. little bit. If, if you've been perusing there, you might know what I'm talking about. Um, so like, I felt like I kind of hauled myself out of the rut um, after uh, three or four months of kind of being in there. Um, so, and uh, you know, a lot of that came out of getting inspired by, different things too. We, I mean, that's, that's the one of the fallbacks that, you know, like, what, what, what do you use? I'm sure that at some point or another in your past, you've used getting, getting inspired by something or seeking out things to inspire you to kind of get the creative juices flowing again and to get you out of a rut. I'm sure what, what, what kind of experiences do you have? The two of you have with those, uh, what, what uh, are, i watch a lot of anime tips and tricks <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: I, I watch i watch a lot of anime now right now in my life you just um, you and yeah it's something that i've never done before just trying you never talk about time. it on the
1: podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and i watch a lot of different like types of genres of things and uh the thing that i like a lot about like little cartoons and things like that um is that you're constantly being hit with a new storyline or a new character, like something new is happening and like getting excited about the characters, getting excited about these plots. I mean, especially as a GM, like when I've, I'm i not GMing anything now, I haven't GMed anything in a long time, but in a long time, I haven't GMed anything like a year. Unless you count conventions. Hold on. I do periodically. Be nice to yourself. Just not, Be nice just to yourself. not, just not like, um, like I haven't done any campaigns in a bit. But when I have done campaigns, the biggest rut I get into is that I feel like I'm dragging my players through something that we're doing the same kind of thing every single time. And, you know, that makes me lose interest because I like a lot of different new stuff happening all the time. You um, feel guilty. Right. So sometimes I will just like, oh, I am like obsessed with this thing happening right now in this anime that I cannot stop thinking and talking about. Um, Well, I'm going to make that everyone else's problem in my game too <laughs> and bring that in like just, like, it's it's okay to, like, you thought you had a certain track. Um, and I think this is true for not just jamming, but anything. You thought you were on a certain track with a project. It's not sparking joy for you anymore. Like, one of your options is to try something new entirely and try to get things ready. And your other option is to put the new thing into that project. Put a, like, throw a plot twist in. Like, oh, yeah, you thought you were, like pursuing this dragon or whatever you were like that was your quest um well no i am not interested in that anymore because i've been watching one piece and i love pirates now uh a pirate (laughs) group comes in and they actually they get the dragon and now your problem is the pirates because i want to do pirates now there's no (laughs) you can you can get yourself out of a rut by just like chasing the rabbit like chasing your dreams chasing like the things that you want to do and then that can kind of like like again especially if you are someone like me and you do hit the wall of awful a lot and you're not getting a dopamine rush from things like just completing an activity isn't necessarily going to give me dopamine um but my dopamine is coming from all these other places I'll just I'll just kind of sweep it over here and let that that be my um my new my new thing there's I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad
1: you called it chasing the rabbit and not chasing the dragon. Cause n- not only would that have gone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flown in the face of what you were talking about with dumping the dragon, but it also is, that's a whole different thing that we don't necessarily, this podcast can't help you with. That.
0: I don't know idioms either. So. <laughs> um, so I know I'm like kind of rambling on that uh, a little bit, but um, I think that works really well when you are not, um, Doing something like Craig is doing, where you have a project and a thing that you need to fulfill and promises that you've made to an audience, um, mm. <laughs> which is different than an audience that you have with your players, because hopefully everyone's on board with um, like, you know, you're all talking and you're all getting new ideas. And, you know, if they really wanted to do this dragon thing and it is like sucking the life out of you, um, I don't know. Give There's the dragon an eye patch. Yeah, something's gotta give at some point. Strap a, pirate, um, is,
1: strap a pirate ship to his back
0: right it is just different like um like if if i'm struggling to complete a project i can't and i and i or like need to get it done because i'm on a deadline i can't just say oh, i'll come back to it i can't do oh, that you won't. <laughs> right I'll, either i won't or i won't hit the deadline and both of those mm-hmm. things are um so I, you do have to kind of weigh the stakes. There are different rules when it comes to like publishing or making your own stuff. Um, although when you're indie designers, we are a little bit, we have a little bit more nebulous of our deadlines. Um, but for for a game mastering, for a game game running, you can do whatever you want. Really, it's a game. It's supposed to be fun, as we've said before. Weird. That's my piece. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the other good thing about stealing, quote, you know, stealing or just bringing in, you know. Uh, ushering in those other things that you're enjoying right now as a game master is it saves you a lot of trouble because if you're just obsessed with you know Luffy attacking this pirate base or something like you can just you don't even have to write a story for that next session, you just literally steal that one and hot glue it to your campaign. And not only is it fun for you because you get to enjoy this story that has been exciting you from the show, but it also saves you from having to sit down and think through what you want the story to be for the next session. So that's a great one. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with what you're saying about um, finding those things that are bringing you joy and interest and, you know, expanding your creative tent, so to speak, to cover them. Cause I've been really into um, miniature gaming and card gaming and, in addition to playing miniature games and card games, I've been trying to take that steal ideas from that and make my own ideas for my own games. And it's slow going because it's my most uh, fun and not easy, but um smooth projects where I just felt inspired and I just ran with it and it just kind of wrote itself. Those projects were more about theme than game mechanics. So like we got we got the mice right there. So I was like, oh, yeah, biker mice, that's easy. And I just wrote about biker mice and threw in and I took the fate rules. The rules mechanics were already done. Um, so creating your own mechanics is slower going, but it's inspiring me to actually try some stuff. To, to, it pushes me as a designer, which sucks and I don't want to do it. Uh, but it also is what I'm into right now. And I'm trying to bring that into my own games um, to try to make it take what other people have done and make it at the scale that I like and the stakes that I like. Um, so I completely agree with what you say about bringing the things maybe outside of your design space or out of your, your, you know, whatever your RPG campaign and swooping them in, uh, to whatever it is you're doing, because it's, um, you don't need to restrict yourself. Like there's no, there's no rules about this. And to wit, I found, I don't know, I have not have a segue here, so I'm just going to go for it. (laughs) One thing that is not motivating to me but is mo- motivating to me in a grudging way is trying to make money mm. so I'm very I'm very fortunate that you know like games like Broken cast have been successful enough to where it is almost it does supplement my income a, a teeny bit um and sometimes I get in the headspace of I gotta you know I gotta capitalize on this I need to make maybe another broken cast game that people are gonna want to buy or I need to make another game that is you know fits the market and is gonna have a big you know Kickstarter and is actually going to sell, or I need to license, find a way to license an IP and make some money. That is, it's motivating to me in a stressful way. Uh, It's not motivating to me in a creative way. And so uh, when I think, oh, I need to produce another game that I can sell, that is not at all gonna get it done. That's not (laughs) gonna get me out of a rut. And so doing stuff that I can't sell, that's just for fun, that's baby like me, just taking a game I like and tweaking it or, Whatever the case may be, that's going to bring me a lot more joy and happiness and uh, fun, which may then drive me to actually or inspire me to put produce something myself rather than feeling like, oh, I got to I got to do another Kickstarter this year because I want to go on a trip or something or blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so money doesn't work for me, unfortunately.
0: But for me, like what works on me is when someone else tells me that I have to do it. That can help me who? a lot. Um who, who like, like what my, which my husband usually oh, yeah, like, who's my also my design partner. He's like, Well, like, you have to finish this before we can do this other project that I wanna right. do. So come on, like what do you do? Like <laughs> literally right is happening right now. Um and I think that like goes that goes into the metaphor of like being stuck in a rut. Like imagine a wagon wheel, you're stuck in the rut, you can't move forward, like you can't go anywhere, you have to keep moving forward or backward or stop. But if you have somebody else who's going to push your wagon or help you mm. lift your wagon out of the rut, that can also help. Um, sometimes your audience will, will be that person. Maybe it's not the money, but it's all these fans and you feel like right. they want something and you wanna you want to people, please a little bit and get it yeah, done. Yeah. Um, or like if you're, again, if you're not publishing for yourself, you're publishing for uh, you're, you're doing freelance work for somebody. You have players who are asking like, when's the next, when's the next campaign? When's the next campaign? Like having a little bit of that can, if it doesn't put you into a zone of dread can, yeah. um can be a motivating factor. I feel like there's a weird balance there and I don't know how to solve that. I, I, I don't know how to solve the the balance the tipping point there but yeah. it works for me often to have somebody kind of be like okay when are you going to get it done it has to be done this day you have to get it done by blah 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 that helps and the money money's kind of like kind of like that but also not really <laughs>
1: Well it, it can be I mean I've I've dealt with that where it's like um, not a lot, but I've dealt with it to the point where like, I want to have this thing done in time for it to be ready for Gen Con. Yeah. I want to premiere it at Gen Con. Not saying I'm necessarily expecting it to be a huge sale item. It's not, I don't know what, how it's going to sell. Who knows? It when you're a small press like this, it's all a cr- kind of a crapshoot, but I want to have it ready for them. So that becomes a motivating factor if you do have like a deadline that's in place. And that yeah. is kind of tied. It's tied to money in the sense that it's tied to the idea of going to taking stuff, taking games to a convention and wanting to have something new every year. Because the people who come back are going to want to see what what the new
2: thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I suppose a lot of it comes down to just knowing yourself, because if you know, Craig, like you said, if you know beating yourself up a little bit is going to help push you to get it done, maybe that's what you got to do. Um, if you know that beating yourself up is just going to put you in a three-day depression, maybe don't do that. Like if you know that having someone uh, on your case a little bit is good, maybe you need a design partner or you need um, a one of your friend players. or a
1: sibling or just somebody to say, hey, yeah. can you do me a favor over the next month or so? Just kind of hold my feet to the fire on this. Ask yeah. me about it every now exactly. and then. Where yeah. are you but with you- that thing? remember yeah, but we you gotta ask know yourself to to kind know of nudge that you. yeah and and right yeah follow you know your instincts for what you yeah absolutely um uh speaking of kind of going outside of yourself with all of this i found myself thinking too about and we it, it got we alluded to it a little bit um earlier but like crowdsourcing it <laughs> like if mm. you're if you're having a hard time coming up with a way to kind of shake yourself out of the rut to come up with an idea um to get yourself started on something is is talk to other people like you can um it that's something that that you know that people if you're designing that that happens all the time like we we chit chat about stuff with that we're working on um all three of us are members of the indie game developer network so things bounce around in uh the the, the organization's discord um we talk in person and stuff and we, we we bounce ideas off each other and other other game designers but it can come to play with like jamming too where if you feel like the the thing that you're doing, it's like, it uh, feels like we're just kind of doing the same thing over and over again. We're not really going anywhere. I'm not introducing something new and interesting. I'm not, I feel like the players might be getting bored because it's just kind of the same thing. Maybe talk to somebody who's not part of the game, but who is into gaming and knows you and the game that you're playing and that sort of thing and be like, hey, I'm, we've been doing this this, and this. You know, Do you have any ideas? And they might not come up with the perfect idea for you, but they might throw some ideas out there that spark something in you. Um so either way, you're getting some new ideas into the mix. um, the one thing that be careful of, um and I know because so, I know some people have this come ha- have this happen with them is be careful to not tell the whole story. Some people, um like if you, you know, some i've I've talked to a, a GM here and there, you know, friends of mine be like, I don't talk to other people about, what I'm running because I want I'm there jamming this game. I want to tell a story. I want me and the players to tell the story. I know kind of like a long term, I kind of know where it's going. I want to tell the story. But if I go and I take somebody else and I tell them all the plot points and all the things I'm planning to reveal and all the things that I'm going to do that's going to kind of get us to the end game. Then I'm afraid that I will feel like now I've told the story.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
1: To somebody and I won't be as motivated to do it with the players. So Mm. maybe just pull the thing, you know, just just share enough to get the, the kind of get out of the rut, to, to get a, a spark of an idea, um, to get a few things thrown into the mix. You don't necessarily have to, and it's hard to know if you're going to feel that way unless you've experienced it. Yeah. Um, I personally don't have that particular issue, but I know that there probably are um, more than, uh, you know, there's a, there's a non-zero number of people that kind of keep it tight <laughs> to the vest because yeah. they know that if they, if they go too far with it, they'll feel like, well, now I've just kind of ex- expended, the the, story has been told the story has been told and anything that i do with the players i've you know like that's that's a that's a pitfall for gming in general is Mm too when you when you imagine too much what the players might do and how the story might play out like yeah then then what the players do doesn't live up to your expectation um sometimes hopefully it surpasses your expectation because there's more of them and more of their brains than there are of your brains But you know, sometimes you can find yourself being like, I thought this moment would be cooler.
2: (laughs) That's a good point. What do you guys think the role of the internet is in that kind of thing? Because obviously, we can speak to people locally, but but we're talking about sharing and getting inspiration. What do you guys think the role of uh, the online's could be? Because that's something I'm not sure of myself too completely
0: yeah um I can see it as like advantageous and disadvantageous at the same time um the big disadvantage with when I'm thinking of the internet of course like nowadays I'm thinking of social media where you're posting to whoever you're kind of like just shouting into the void um and that can be dismoted, like Dismotivating for people um if they post something they think is a cool idea or they're asking a question and then they're met with crickets um mm. that can that can be hard um there's also the the role that social media plays in us comparing ourselves to others like i follow a lot of game designers i see what they're doing i see their beautiful art yeah. they're really cool game design ideas and then sometimes I start thinking, ah, that couldn't ever be me.
2: I suck. Um, I'm the worst.
0: Yeah, cuz you're you're seeing people often will post about like their triumphs. They'll post about the really cool things they're doing. They're going to post about the things that they're most proud of because we do put on uh we put on a face in all of our social media. Um but at the same time, seeing all of that stuff, like that is kind of the way you can see people um, like get motivation, oh, that looks really cool. I want to try something like that. Um, some people do talk about their struggles on there too. You can kind of have a bit of commiseration. I just feel like there's not as much like back and forth communication in a lot of the social media that I do use. Like I've used Twitter for a long time. Um, obviously, um, things have changed there on that website too, but even from the beginning of Twitter, there's it's not a platform for conversation really right it's a platform for sharing um same thing with like any of these where you have one post person posting and then followers are commenting like it puts yeah like, this it's, it's a right it's different than a forum I love mm-hmm. a forum um that was like the first kind of stuff I did on the internet were forums and like discord can kind of be that like this is a place of communication and getting ideas so finding the right Social media platform that you're using um, for to to do what you want to do, I think, is key um, as a designer, um, especially as a designer, but as a GM too. But especially as a designer, um, because you want to be talking to people who are your peers, um, Mm -hmm. and not necessarily people who are like a general audience. um, Yeah. People that you're trying to. I'm glad you said that because I
2: think I think um, some people. So I'm thinking of a specific example the the people who made like, that game Wander home uh mm-hmm. like like you said, that was immediately what I thought of because the book looks incredible. the game's gotten a lot of accolades they get a lot of interaction and um activity online. And so it would it was easy for me the first time I started poking poking around there to be like, oh my gosh, they're doing so great. I suck blah blah blah. but one thing I try to keep in mind and I'm glad you brought it up was, you have to know what's best for you and what's works for you. Cause that person, again, I don't know them, but like they could have just been on a hot streak. They could love Twitter. They could love posting stuff online. I really don't. I tried the YouTube thing. Like I've tried to be more consistent with posting on Instagram and um, YouTube and things like that. And it's just not for me. I just don't enjoy it. I don't get any life out of it. The stupid thing is that what I like to do when I want to get in process, an idea and get it out to the world And say what I want to say is I still work. I still write a blog that nobody reads. Like who reads blogs anymore? Nobody. Grandmas, maybe. Uh, Bored grandmothers read blogs. Um, And so, but that's okay. So like you said, finding whatever media is right for you can be very helpful. Maybe it's posting like, you know, YouTube shorts or something where you pose a question and you get a little feedback that way. Um, But yeah, I guess I feel like this is the conclusion I reach every time. I talk to you guys, but when I think about these things, it's like it just depends. Uh, because for me, engaging with people on Twitter or uh having regular YouTube vlogs or something is not motivating at all. I don't like it. It's not helpful to me. Um, but for some people it is. And me watching some of those videos can be helpful because I I hear their thought process and I see what they're working on and that can be very motivating. It can also be demotivating because their stuff's so much better than mine. Uh so yeah, I guess the big asterisk there is that it all depends, isn't it?
0: I mean, also the, the kind of content you're consuming on those platforms as well. Like right on YouTube, there's like so much out there. And if you're only looking at people's promos, that might not be the most helpful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like people share ideas and people share like, like their whole essays and documentaries and things like that on YouTube about a range of topics, of course, but about our industry in general, um, and diversifying that as much as you diversify the rest of your entertainment, like, oh, am I seeking out this creator's, like, draft process? Like, am I only looking at draft mm. processes? Am I only looking at final products? Am I only looking at marketing? If you're not diversifying that, too, I feel like you're you're kind of stymieing your, like, the what you can get out of it. Because sometimes when people are talking, you're like, oh, here's, like, this cool TTRPG theory that I that I thought of. Like, let's talk about this. Like, oh, and then that can get you thinking. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I'm talking about this world that I'm building. Or I'm watching this actual play with this really cool, like, setting. Like, sometimes that will start getting your, your ideas churning. And just, like, constantly, for me, constantly seeking out new stuff is more likely to get me on a path where I'm like, oh, this is really cool. This is sparking an interest in me. And this is, like not becoming an obsession, but you know, I get like interests that I'll like pursue for it very intensely for various periods of time. Um, And if that happens, I will then be able to do all the other things I was talking about before. Like I'll be able to insert that yeah. into my, into my game, into my, into the campaign I'm running into the game I'm designing. Um Yeah. Well, that, that's
2: a great point because my, one of my favorite things right now is painting miniatures and I watch a I cast a pretty wide net with with my consumption of media with that, like I watch some stuff that's like behind the scenes from games workshop in the 80s I watch um speed painters and I'll watch like the really high-end painters if all I watched was some Italian dude who spends 24 <laughs> hours on one model and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen and then he says oh it's not that good like I would just jump <laughs> out the window and throw <laughs> all my paints in the trash So, so diversifying is, is huge, I think in anything, but especially when it comes to a creative space.
0: Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes back. Like when we had the, we had an episode with um, Banana Chan on and Banana was talking about, we were talking about like doing things that are not design, like, like not touching game design and doing other stuff. And I do think that that's, it is so important to have other interests to have, of course, like your your variety within the interest within TTRPGs or game design or whatever you're doing, miniature painting, whatever. Um, but also outside of that breadth too, because if you feel like you're stuck in a rut in one spot, hopefully you're not stuck in a rut in everything. If you're stuck in a rut in everything, that might be something different than right. <laughs> being stuck in a creative rut. Uh, yeah, I I just think like really like the theme for me today is like you got to diversify. You gotta diversify. More wheels on your wagon, maybe will get you out of Ooh,
2: look at a that. rut with one wheel. The metaphor is growing. <laughs> I dig it. I love it.
1: <laughs> so, we don't want to go with actual established idioms, right, Jess? We're, we're gonna
2: make up our own.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Slop, slap <laughs> some tank
2: treads on that wagon.
0: Yeah, there you go. Then, you, then you're all you'll all all your wagon and you'll be, yes. you'll survive anything. <laughs> yes yeah I, I know we haven't like for this episode, we haven't really delineated the line between game designing and and game mastering, but i I just feel like this is a this is a psychology thing. like how are you? Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of like oh, i'm I'm doing whatever with within this sphere. Um I think like the process is is pretty similar for both. Um, it's just a matter of. I don't know, the pressure, the professional pressure.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, or so, or social pressure in the case yeah. of a campaign, like you're like, Oh my God, I got to have something ready for these people all by Saturday. And that, that could deepen the rut or it could push you to um, get it done.
0: Yeah. Okay, you were going to say something.
2: Um, yeah. I just found myself thinking about, I was,
1: there was a period of time too where I was in kind of, a rut and maybe it was just transference. I had two ruts and they just fed each other. Um, that was kind of the, <laughs> both, both wheels were in the rut. Both, we, uh, um, back, uh, like in the latter half of last year. And it was, it was work-related. I felt like I just, like, I wasn't terribly enthused about my job. Um, I work in an office I'm, I'm an architect. Um, so I was, you know, putting together drawings and documents and coordinating with engineers and all this sort of stuff. And just like, there's a lot of the same stuff that was happening over and over. And I didn't have a lot going, you know, it was just, I, I found myself kind of being like a couple months. I was like, just the same thing. Every day I come in here and I do the same damn thing. And I'm working on just a hand, I've got a few projects that are kind of all mine. So I've just like, that's my sphere that I work in. Um, and then um, a coworker had surgery um, and had recovery period, and suddenly I had to pick up their stuff, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm suddenly working on stuff that I like know nothing about, and I'm, like, I'm learning about this project, and I'm getting into it, and I know that I'm not going to deal with it long term, because eventually the the, the coworker is going to come back and pick projects back up, but I'm right now kind of keeping some things afloat while they have you know their foot in a sling, basically, um, and uh, and hey, they're Coworker, if you're listening, probably not. But if you are, that's yeah, I'm talking <laughs> We know about that you. you are. No no names, no names. Um but, but that was the shot in the army needed. Yeah, it was it was the thing that kind of made me like, you know, I felt a little bit better about everything. And I think that, you know, that sort of thing can um apply to uh, other parts of your life and whether it's jamming or playing games or or designing as well, is um just the the temporary diversion into something else. If you feel like you're kind of samey, 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 take yourself in another direction, either in place of what you're doing or in addition to what you're doing, just for a little while, just to shake it up. Be like, I'm going to design like a little, you know, I'm 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 designing this thing and I'm kind of getting kind of burnt not burned out on it, but I'm getting, I feel like I'm in a rut. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere with it. Um and so i'm going to design like a two page game and i just this this week i'm going to put that thing aside completely i'm going to work on this other thing and i'm just going to kind of let that make this thing be happy with it is to whatever level i get it to just to the point that i feel like it's like okay it's complete and it's kind of a neat little thing whether you release it or show it to anybody who cares not in, that's immaterial um if you, if it's GMing, it it might be we've talked about this sort of thing before is switching up and playing another game for a little while or going to a board game night or something um, but it can also be, um, you know, you're you're like when you're GMing a lot. I know that a lot of us are forever GMs or you know, find ourselves in that role a lot. Is seek out, say, hey, you know, like you know, in your social media circles or if you've got like game stores or local gaming communities or whatever, find game days that are going on or like little short mini campaigns that people are running and just try to get in one. Play, play the game. Yeah. Um, And take that GMing thing off your shoulder for that period of time and just get reinvigorated and fall in love with gaming again as a player, which can be, you know, kind of a different thing like I GM a lot I don't play very often nowadays, and when I do play it's like oh that's like oh yeah this is what I love (laughs)
2: about gaming. I remember this.
1: I love these other things too, but it's a very different, GMing is a different beast and design is a different beast and playing is its own kind of special reward. Um, and it's good to do that, which is why one of the things that I found myself after several years of designing, going to conventions and usually either running, uh, games or running a booth, like, this year is, I think, going to be the year of Craig is going to go to, advent, uh, go to some small conventions in the area just to play. I'm not going to get a booth. I'm not even going to go and get a booth and try to get people to help me run the booth. I'm just going to go to play um, and to enjoy the thing that that game convention does, whether it be uh, role-playing games or if it's a convention that has you know a broader um set of things that it's about or just role-playing is part of it or whatever. I'm just going to go do that. Um, because I haven't attended a game convention as a attendee solely. And it occurred to me in five years.
0: Oh, wow. Woo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. About that time.
0: Actually. Yeah. Same, <laughs> now, same admittedly,
1: <laughs> Admittedly, two years of pandemic in there didn't help. Right. Right. But then, you know, then, it's, then was, it's online conventions. It was like two years. It was, you know, yeah. Um, it was when, and, and when that happened online, that was me organizing things. I didn't play very much. <laughs> I was just organizing to make it happen for other people. Um, but like, I think the last, the last event, uh, last convention I attended to attend was, um, a Catacon in like 2018, I want to say. And I had a little bit of, I took my game stuff with me and I ran a couple of my things, but I also mostly played. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a table or I didn't GM the whole time or anything like that. So that's that's the plan for this year, because I know it's going to help me with breathing life back into everything about gaming that I enjoy, because i have something I haven't done for a while and I missed it. And I can do it for like a little chunk of time. It's like, OK, I'm GMing stuff that I'm designing and then I'm designing this stuff so that I can GM some more. Now I'm going to set that all aside and I'm going to go over to this place and play for a weekend.
2: That's great. You know, yeah. The value of novelty cannot be overstated. So any anything new that can kind of shake it up in any area of life is really good.
0: What you, When you were talking about your job, um, I was thinking about for me, like as a teacher, I'm lucky in that I kind of always have I always have something new to do and deal with every day because I'm dealing with 30 some humans around me at any given moment.
1: When they um, start becoming the same thing every day that's a problem right (laughs) it's either it's either really really bad from the teacher perspective or it's like the end times or there's like demon possession going on or something and you got to be wary be wary of that
0: (laughs) uh but you you can you can you can certainly get stuck in a rut as a teacher like with your designs like with your like lesson designs with your unit designs and everything like that like it can feel boring like especially if it's a unit you've taught like oh I've done this so many times and this is just boring for me it's actually happened to me um before winter break um our new winter break is like the beginning of a new semester so we end the first semester before we leave and then we come back to a new semester and I was in a unit that I was like just I'm like I don't want to do this anymore I find it really boring I feel like I'm doing the same thing with my students every day I feel like they're not giving me the energy back and yeah that could be like they're all ready and antsy to go for winter break and I am too um but with the new semester I'm kind of given permission to just Oh, we're going to kind of like, we're going to forget about that. We're going to do something new now. And there's a lot of moments like that within teaching. Like, you have your quarter marks, you have units that you're done with, you have a new day, like a new fresh day every day, a new lesson, a new objective, whatever. And I think for a lot of us, like our, for like, for a lot of us, for normal non teacher humans that are like working all year round and don't really have like, there's not like a break, break. It's usually the winter holidays and the new year this kind of like this place that we jump off of like, Oh, here's our excuse for doing something new. Here's our excuse for trying to get out of the rut. Finally uh, I don't have an
2: excuse to buy that yacht.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, because an excuse, you just need the money. It's fine, but it's okay. Cause your resolution this year is to <laughs> earn more money. Um, but there's, there's no, there's no reason you can't make those things happen in your life more often. Um, like there's no reason you have to wait until January 1st to make it like the new fresh start you could break up your year into different sections game designers have you know we have like a convention season you have Gen Con kind of capping like like here it is in the summer it's at the end of summer like that can be a moment for you like fabricate those moments and you can also fabricate newness by purposefully getting yourself into a routine like oh this thing is really boring so now like imagine like like you're 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 getting in a rut with your dinners that you're cooking at home so okay monday's meatloaf tuesday's tacos wednesday's spaghetti thursday's is leftovers fridays is pizza and then saturday we go out to eat and then do that a couple times and then throw something in that's new and exciting oh instead of taco tuesday we're gonna do a curry we're gonna do we're gonna do breakfast for dinner, like whatever it is. It doesn't have to be that exciting, but just because you've you've made it a routine, you kind of Pavloved yourself into bing. We have something new. Ah, it's so exciting. Now I'm feeling like energized. Like, ooh, I want to try this next, and then you can kind of break that routine, and that feels better than I don't know. It feels better than like doing something new all the time. Sometimes um, feels or, better like, than
2: sh- than Christmas break,
0: right? Like, because like for can, me, I, yeah. Go on. Go, no, no, go.
2: <laughs> Cause like on Christmas break, it's like but I'm like, oh yeah, I'm off work. Uh it's Christmas time. I'm gonna, you know, stay up late and eat junk food and play video games. But by the end, you're just sick of it. Yeah. You know, you can play six six hours of video games in a day. But then, you know, if you have your regular schedule and you get one hour of video games on a Friday night, it's like a real treat. Yeah. So it's just, it is interesting how um we think indulgence can bring us more excitement, but it's really, you know a balance between, uh, discipline and then indulging. Cause when you're on a schedule, you know, and you're, you're having your oatmeal every morning and then you stop for a donut or Chick-fil-A or something. it's like, oh my, look <laughs> at me. I'm a little rules <laughs> breaker.
0: Exactly. Um, you eating, exactly. eating fast
2: food every day. Then it's like, it's boring and terrible.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: First of all, I would like to backtrack just a moment and tell everybody listeners, um, breakfast for dinner is always exciting. <laughs> and I will die on that hill. We call that a brenner. So you, you know, you know. <laughs> yep. Um. <laughs> um. Second of all, uh, uh, can I share? Because both of you are teachers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So can I share? This isn't my. I was a student with this teacher. I to I want to share a teacher story. Um. That. Not really related to this, but I want to share the story. Um. <laughs> I had a teacher in high school who. Um. Mr. Davis, he was great. He was awesome. He had giant Coke bottle glasses and he was kind of goofy and had nicknames for everybody. Um, One day we all came in, we sat down. He said, all right, everybody. I hate teaching sentence diagramming more than you hate learning sentence diagramming. So here's what we're going to do. Today I'm going to teach sentence diagramming. Tomorrow we're going to take a quiz on it and then we are never going to speak of it again. And we all we were are we all like <laughs> Yeah. That's how he handled sentence diagramming because he was required was like he he prefaced it with like this is, you know, like there's a requirement. There's certain things I have to do during the year and this is one of them so and I hate it. But anyway, um that uh I think um is uh I, I can take some, uh, kind of apply that a little bit to what we're talking about too, because sometimes, you know, that like, there's one of the things that kind of gets you stuck and you're just like, I don't want to, if I start to do this other thing, or I take it a different direction or I do whatever, I might find myself having to deal with this, you know, like there's something else, there's something that I don't want to do. That's going to be connected to that. And I don't want to deal with that. And it's coming to grips with the fact that like, sometimes you there's something that you're not going to like to do. And you're, but you kind of have to get it in your head. Like, okay, I'm going to deal with this. And then I'm never going to speak of it again. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get past it. Um, and um, you know, that could be like found uh, fun the, the thing that uh, the way I was relating it in my head is if like, we're talking about like, if you're as a GM, if you feel like it's, you're in a rut and things aren't getting aren't exciting for everybody. And so you want to talk to the players about it, but you, but you kind of don't because you're afraid that they're going to say, yeah, you know what? You're right. (laughs) Um, And then you're going to feel bad. And then it's, you know, and so you're dreading the conversation. Like sometimes you just have to bite your, your lip. Um, and, and, uh, you know, ball up your fists and just power through it, um, and get past that thing. And you might, you might find yourself being like, no, they might be like, oh no, it's cool. We're, we're good. We, we understand that there's going to be a period of time. Sometimes it's going to be like, we're going to be doing some of these things and then there's going to be the highs, you know, or they might yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you're right. I feel like we're not getting anywhere. Like what can, you know, and the players will say, well, what can we do to make that better? What can we all do? To, and like, all of a sudden they're on your side.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so just like when it comes to anything that, you know, just as a side uh, a corollary to all of this, if, if any part of this has to has has to deal with doing something that you really don't want to do or that you're dreading, um, that uh, it you know, I I am going to use the idiom just tear the bandage band it off quick, just Rip it off, you know, quick like a cat, quick like a cat. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> I love that expression, by the way, Derek. <laughs> I make references to TV shows and movies all the time and sometimes really obscure ones. And I like to follow it up with, if you know, you know, that's right. If you watch parks and rec, you know, yeah. If you watch friends, you know, <laughs> quick, click a cat, quick, click a cat.
0: <laughs> uh, Sorry. I know. I was, I was just thinking about like my students being compared to my players in a game. <laughs> it's it's, it's very, very similar. Oh, Incredibly sure. similar. And uh I like to ask my students like, "Well, what do you guys want to do?" <laughs> what a great teacher.
1: As long as you yeah. don't say it like you're going to like they're going to like you're going to do whatever they say. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't give in too easily. But yeah. um you but this, know. This
2: is this is that, been, can, that uh, can happen.
1: That can happen good GMs talking to players, that can yeah. designer talking to other designer being like, "I got this thing, I got this thing. What would you do?" Like literally ask the question. Don't just say yeah. You know, I've got this thing I feel like I'm kind of uh at a loss. I'm not sure what to do with this and leave it and open-ended. You know, actually ask the question that you want to ask. What would you do? Derek, you, you any final thoughts? Answer, oh, sorry. Oh, oh sorry. You, you, <laughs> might, you might have to I got so much to say. You might have to answer more questions. They might need more information to make their decision. So
2: be prepared for that. But anyway, yeah.
0: Okay. Derek, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts on our on our conversation today?
2: The only thing I would add is if you are in a rut or burnt out or whatever, with whatever it is, try to keep a toe in the water. Let's just keep those idioms rolling. Try to keep uh, one foot in the door, you know, Uh, because even if you're just like, I'm over it, I don't want to, I'm never going to design anything again. If you can keep looking at games, follow a YouTuber you like. Pick up a game or flip through a game every once in a while. Just kind of keep your what's the third one? We, we gotta go for the hat trick. I said toe in the water But oh, there it is. Door. Boom, boom, hat trick. You just did it. Okay. All right. That's a hockey <laughs> reference. If you know you know. Um <laughs> if you do that, then so there's a great quote I heard was is the visions come to prepared spirits. So even if you think you're done, keeping yourself engaged in this thing in some capacity, even if it's one minute a day looking at something on Instagram. Um that keeps you open to new inspiration. So, if you're at your wit's end and you think you're done, but I would recommend staying in it somehow, so that you are uh, open to inspiration.
0: Visions come to prepared spirits. This is going to be my new itch project. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I've never l- heard literal that
2: before. L- literal visions is going to be the game, right? You roll, you yeah. roll, and the vision shows up.
0: That's fun. Well, thank you, Derek. Thank you for spending some time with us this morning. Uh, and uh, thank you for engaging with us in this conversation.
2: You're welcome. It's always a treat.
0: Where can we find you and your stuff and your novel and all of the things that are making you feel happy?
2: <laughs> if you just search for shoreless skies, uh, that's I'm pretty sure I'm the only shoreless skies out there. Uh, so if you if you just search for that, all the stuff will come up my website. And uh, through that is all the socials and the e-commerce and so on and so forth. And if you want to listen to or read my personal rantings and ravings, it's dkamal.com is my personal blog, which usually talks about game design. But sometimes it gets a little off track. So if you want to uh, find references like Visions Come to Prepared Spirits that I can't reference because I don't remember where they came from, that's the place to go.
0: (laughs) um You can find me on social media at, at Jaska or at wannabegames.com on itch or drive through RPG. At Wannabe Games, uh, we have a game jam celebrating the public domain release of Steamboat Willie, and if you want to make a Steamboat Willie game. Um, and finally be able to use a version of Mickey Mouse without being sued by Disney, um, <laughs> you can find our game jam at itch.io slash jam slash steamboat hyphen willy hyphen game hyphen jam. You can find that there. Um, also, have a uh, we have a Kickstarter for our game uh, coming up it for zine month. You've only got
2: 17 days for the game jam. Get on it, people.
0: I know, yeah, but you can do a game jam in an hour. Um, Literally within the first hour, we had our first submission uh, to the game jam. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, But we also have a Kickstarter for our Zimbo Willy game, which is about exploring uh, art and the um, future monopoly your art will have on the world.
1: Uh, and I'm at Nerdburger Craig on the various uh, social medias. My website is uh, nerdburgergames.com. The games are available at drivethroughrpg.com. Capers Cyberpunk is getting close. Um, and I have started planning for Gen Con. Oof. Uh, so much to do. It's only January. <laughs> I know, but there's certain things you got to get done early.
0: Um, Thank you to our opening closing theme song. I almost forgot how to end this podcast. Thank you for our opening closing theme song, which is Avel by Steph Sacks, licensed under Creative Commons. Thank you, Steph Sachs, and thank all of you for listening. We'll see you here next time. Bye bye.
2: Bye, everybody. Bye.